Amazon open too. Okay. Hello, everybody. It is really late <laughs> because we were having technical difficulties. Did you know that Zoom and Facebook changed the way they interact again? So we couldn't make it work. So I'm supposed to have Denise on with me here today, and she's going to try and connect to my little live video here. And uh, we're going to talk about um, special needs homeschooling and the like. Uh, learning challenged kids and stuff like that. So um, I'm waiting to see if I see Denise come up so I can invite her on my video. And I'm not seeing her yet. So what's this little button do? Request guest requests. Allow viewers to send you a request to join your broadcast. I'm going to say yes to that and then hopefully Denise can get on here. I left it. <laughs> I see you. You can see me? Yeah. But I can't see an intro and there's like a lag. Yeah, there is a lag. I put, um, I requested you, but it says no results found. I just oh love goodness. Facebook. Don't you guys love Facebook? <laughs> okay, well, I'm going to keep looking for Denise, but... I have some things I really want to tell you guys about. <laughs> okay, well, I'm going to keep looking. I'm, I'm really loud coming from your phone. about. Can you turn your sound down, Denise? Because it's, it's really bad. <laughs> Okay, and it's not letting me find you. So, unfortunately, I don't think I can invite Denise on, so I'm just going to give you guys a few announcements, and I guess I'm going to have to work on Facebook, and we're going to have... Oh, wait, who's that? Who's that? That's not Denise. That's someone else. That's not your little picture up there. I get these little people up in the corner that can come join me, but Denise is not popping up. It's someone else. That makes me frustrated okay so anyway guys I'm going to give you a few announcements and unfortunately I think I'm gonna to have to reschedule with Denise to get this second half of this thing done or maybe we'll just get off here and make a recording on zoom and then I will share that with you so anyway let me give you a few announcements because these are really important okay so Spruce Lake there's still room for the Spruce Lake conference coming up this very weekend like my family's leaving tomorrow to go get set up for Spruce Lake so there's still plenty of room, children's program, everything. Come on up. Um, we want to see you at Spruce Lake. And Woodcrest, we are looking for volunteers for the Woodcrest event. Um, that means moving chairs and tables and stuff around Friday morning from 6 a.m. to noon. I know it's a little early, but you do get half admission off of your conference fees if you choose to volunteer at Woodcrest. So message us here or or check us out at, at chaponline.com or send us a contact um, form on chaponline.com to let us know if you're interested in being a volunteer at Woodcrest. We would love to have you help us out there. And the, the last thing, and this is pretty big, um, there's going to be a big traffic mess the weekend of going to Woodcrest. They The PennDOT has decided to shut down the exit that you would use to get off and go to Woodcrest at 322 <laughs> off of 222. So just that one weekend, <laughs> we're having our event. 
they're going to shut down the exit. So, um, the difference is you're going to have to get off at Brownstown at 772 off of 222 in order to get to Woodcrest. Now, I want to warn you, this is a nine-mile detour. So, if you are coming to get kids into the children's program and things like that, you need to give yourself extra time. Give yourself extra time when coming to Woodcrest on the 14th, 14th and 15th um, because of the detour. So be aware of that. One other thing I did want to mention is Woodcrest is still taking kids in the children's program. However, you would not sign up your kids through CHAP. At this point, Woodcrest is going to handle any new children sign-ups on their own on site. So, if you want to come to Woodcrest, oh, there's Denise. I just see you. I see you. I see you. I'm adding you. We have feedback, but so anyway, if you wanted to go to Woodcrest and you want to um, have your kids in a children's program, then you can come because Woodcrest is adding more kids to the program. So please come. Um, you will sign up and deal with them there on site. So, okay, that was all my announcements. Now, Facebook says it's adding Denise, but I don't think Denise was added. Were you added, Denise? I, I clicked on you, but I don't see you coming on. Oh, this is so there she is. There, there she is. is. I okay. Well, thanks everybody for for sticking around. So we we got this figured out. So we're gonna do this little split screeny job thing. And if there's delays, I'm really sorry, but this is the technology we're gonna work with today. So. Got our announcements in. If you have any other questions about, you can post about conflict questions here or any questions for Denise, please post on this on this um, video, on this live video. So I'm going to stop our Zoom meeting, Denise, just off the side here. Okay. Makes sense. All right. So here we are. Very cool. So let's focus on the phone. Okay. <laughs> so here we are. We're going to talk about special needs learners. And um, Denise had a, and I had a really nice conversation before we had about 20 minutes of trying to figure out technology <laughs> about, um, about <laughs> And um, sometimes, you know, we think there might be something uh, amiss with our child or maybe there's something wrong with our child, but it could just be, especially if our children were in the public school system and are coming home, it, it could just be a detox. Problem. What do you think about that, Denise? Anything you want to share? Any thoughts on that? Absolutely. Uh, the the whole deschooling situation is a real deal. Um, coming out of the school system, the kids have been conditioned to listen to their teacher. Um, my second daughter had a real problem with this, and she was in second grade when I pulled her. I just want to give that for reference she was only seven eight years old something like that and her thing was she she would tell me you're not my teacher my teacher said this my teacher said that and there was a real attitude um that we had to get through so i stopped academics i actually stopped it completely i was in north carolina so there's the pre prerequisite and i wasn't in pennsylvania so i didn't have those extra uh, stressors 
but we we took a couple months and just focused on on character development and um, there was no Facebook you know this was early 2000s when I was going through this and uh, I, I don't I think there was MySpace remember MySpace yes actually I do <laughs> <laughs> and it really wasn't that big of a thing um, but I would surf the net and look for free um, character development tools and I found a lot of super dry material but anyway we we dove into it and uh you know we said if, if we're not going to accomplish anything we're going to accomplish bible and we focused on character traits and we would go through a character i think it was a week because there was a lot of bible verses and um slowly but surely the girls started developing perseverance they started developing respect they started developing the um the want to the motivation which a lot of our public school kids do not have uh, right around third grade you start seeing motivation for actual learning to disappear now they might learn material they might memorize but the passion for learning is is being squelched slowly but surely um, so we had to reignite that passion and it was it took some time and the girl had to really start looking at me as more than their mom i was their mentor i was the one who was um directing the ship so to speak and i started giving them more um we, we wanted to develop a stakeholder you know what do you want to learn about and they mm -hmm. had to see learning as more than just abc one two three and learning about um you know uh what is it columbus sailed the ocean blue in 1492 that's literally the only thing i remember about columbus <laughs> uh, but my girls could tell you more uh <laughs> because they had to they wanted to learn about him in a in a more holistic way which i didn't get i didn't get that in public school i mm -hmm. i literally seriously that's all i know 1492 he sailed the ocean blue that's it <laughs> but that, yeah yeah that, and with all that there's so many options too you know like trying to cram the kids into the one box and this is how we learn mm -hmm. one of the things that i got into which is so helpful for any type of learner um, that's auditory or just likes to be busy when they're working. We got a lot of story hours, your story hours. We have a Columbus thing on that, but we have many different historical uh, books on that. And they, you know, they play or do dolls or Legos or color or whatever. They're just playing and they would just, even when it wasn't school time, they would throw those in, you know, to keep their, their mind occupied or whatever, when they were doing whatever it was that they were doing. And they just are listening to the stuff and taking it in. You know, and that's, you know, outside the box. Absolutely. And learning how to, to uh, educate outside the box, especially if you have a learner who doesn't learn in the, I think I'm going to go outside, learn in the okay. most normal, you know, how we suppose normal is way. Um, I would do school outside. We, we lived in sunny North Carolina and 
right around this time of year, we would have 70 some odd degree weather. And it was just perfect mm -hmm. to go outside and sit and read our stories. And uh, then, they, then they could run around the yard a little bit and then they would come back again to learn some more. Uh, we would do our ABCs on, on the wall because I literally had to trick Nicole. My second daughter, I told you, she's, she's the one who was like, you aren't my teacher. And I had to figure out ways to teach her because she was not reading. She had an IEP. Um, she didn't know a quarter from a dime. Um, she had a lot of, a lot of uh, learning deficits that were quite severe, even at second grade. But I had this behavioral issue because she would not listen to me. She missed her friends at school. You know, not that she learned at school either, <laughs> but she missed her friends at school and she wanted to go to school so she could visit with her friends. Uh, and they said she would go to every desk and help all the other students neglecting her own schoolwork. But this was, this was her. Um, so what we did was I would find ways to trick her into learning. We developed games. Um, we painted ABCs rather than writing. Um, we used a lot of normal household things. Uh, rice, I would make a, a card, glue the letter on there. She could color the, the rice and, you know, she could put the rice on there. Then once it was dry, she could feel the rice in the letter B. And we could discuss B and the, the sound that B makes. And we started developing our own phonetic um, alphabet using tactile things because she was a very tactile, hands-on learner. She was very kinesthetic in her learning style. She needed to move. So when we were memorizing scripture, she would do some jumping jacks. <laughs> we would sing in cadence. My husband was in the military, so we would walk around the house or out in the yard or wherever, singing our scriptures in cadence. <laughs> and, mm -hmm. and that marching and that singing, that was how she had to learn because she didn't have, she does not have a short-term memory. So we have to push everything into long-term memory. So a lot of memorization skills were necessary for her. Um, so that is something that we had to, to learn to develop. And gradually, it took her about two years. It was about, it was about a two-year process for her to really embrace homeschooling. But she would she would learn things and then when she discovered that she was learning it and she was like i learned something and that gave her this it gave her the want to the, the motivation that we want our children to have to learn more and I'm like okay well what character in history do you want to learn about you know we have to learn history but what character in history do you want to learn about and then she was like well what do you mean? That's, that's a really broad picture. And so we would, you know, narrow it. It's like, okay, well, let's think about ancient history. You know, there's, there's a lot going on in ancient history. So we could look at all the way from creation, go to Adam, 
or we could go further in, you know, and, and look at Caesar, Augustus, and Cleopatra, and, and all of that. And um, my girls really liked Egypt a lot. So we, we mummified a chicken. We did the crazy stuff. <laughs> and um, they enjoyed it. We, we lost the chicken. That's a, we lost the chicken. We, we found it several years later in, in, the, um, in the shed. It became a science project then. <laughs> it's raining. I came outside and it started to rain. I was like, ah! So one of the things I wanted to mention to y'all out there, if you're listening to this, is these processes are not fast. You're not going to have a quick fix Call the dog when in. you're working with your child. You know, so it's going to take a long time. Whether your child has, is a struggling learner, if you're a struggling learner, the light bulb doesn't always go on the instant you explain it. You know, and sometimes it just takes a very, very, very long time for it to split. And sometimes it might not even. Or you might not be around when it does click. So um, I, I just want you to understand that there's some endurance and perseverance that needs to happen in these situations, mamas, when you're homeschooling. And you know, sometimes you're not going to see the fruit for a long time, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't keep going. Absolutely. Uh, I've talked to another parent. Uh, her daughter was on the autism spectrum. And uh, she was asking me, her daughter was approaching the high school ages, you know, getting closer to 18. And I told her, I didn't graduate my oldest until 21. I didn't think she was ready. Uh, and I was like, it's a longer road. Uh, parenting for special needs, especially a diagnosed special needs, is generally a longer road and, and uh, pacing yourself is, pretty important. Stanima can get hard. Um, and, and sometimes you have to take time to replenish yourself. You know, it, it, get, it can be pretty complicated. Uh, you can look at, you can start falling into that comparison trap game, you know, and, and homeschool moms, we're notorious for beating ourselves up. You know, so-and-so knows calculus and mine can barely multiply. Well, I gotta stop and think, I can barely multiply, okay? I can barely multiply. I'm a functioning adult and it's okay. I don't have to know calculus. And if your child is not a math child, they don't need to know calculus either. And it's okay. And it's okay if they don't, it's okay if you're the, if all you know about Columbus is that he sailed the ocean blue in 19, no, 1482. 1942. Oh, 14. World War II. Oh, no. <laughs> and it's okay. I mean, seriously, we can, we can get through life without knowing yeah. the details. And what do we remember? What do you remember from biology yourself? Yeah. I mean, seriously. Um, so we don't need to be beating ourselves up if that if our child has struggles in one area or struggling in several areas, what have they gained over the course of the year? If, if your child is struggling in reading, and a lot of them are, reading and math is, is uh, pretty important 
and it's an area that a lot of our students are struggling in. So we need to stop and say, okay, do we have the foundations for our mathematics? They will not be able to multiply if they cannot add and subtract. So it is okay to stop and say, okay, I need to focus on the real problem. They need to have their uh, addition and subtraction. And when you're sitting down with your evaluator, remember, mom and dad, that all you have to prove is that education has happened. You're showing that they're working on this situation. And, and the evaluator, if they're a good one, they'll look at that and say, you have shown me that you have been working on these mathematical facts. And there's several that, you know, if you're, I think if you're baking and cooking, there's, there's your division. You're going to be incorporating your algebraic concepts in your baking and your cooking. Um, if you're shopping in the grocery store and you have a coupon, coupons, mom, coupons, give them to your child. Ask them to figure out how much is the savings. These are real skills that benefit your child and I would say this is really a great tool to go, don't go shopping by yourself. Take your kids. Now be smart. I went during the middle of the day when nobody was there and I understood that I was going to spend the day at the grocery store. Um, but it's good for the kid. And I also would stay, talk to them about, okay, now we have this coupon and it's a quarter off of, I don't know, maybe three, you have to buy three items get that quarter how many do you actually need and is the off-brand actually cheaper if you take the coupon off the name brand because sometimes the yeah. brand is still a better savings than that coupon yeah and I would quiz quiz my girls and say okay now, did we actually save money here and sometimes they have to take their pen and paper nowadays you could take your phone and use a calculator and go ahead and and figure that out and take some okay if we didn't save money with the coupon do we need to use the coupon no we'll leave it for some other idiot they, we can save our money and we'll just go with our with the <laughs> yeah. yeah so and, and that's the thing i think so many of us I think this is, I mean, for any mom who's teaching, but don't get so hung up on the academics that you forget about the life skills. You want your children to be able to function. You know, like you said in our previous episode, if you gotta take the first month and teach them how to put their pants on or get them to put their pants on on their own, then that's what you do. And that is the learning that happens. So depending on where your child is at and what your child's needs are, that's what you work on. And it is learning. All you know, anything that they can understand and know over here that they didn't understand and know over here or able to do it with learning, all learning. Like you said, it doesn't have to be calculus, it could be a big biology, but there is learning happening. So I think there's so many life skills now. We get all caught up in, you know, you know, teach to the test and be able to do the test or whatever that we forget how to do laundry, how to wash the dishes, how to bake, how to go to and make wise choices, you know, how to, you know, buy a car, whatever. So, you know, train 
training your child to be able to function well as an adult as possible um, is really, I mean, that's way more valuable and good character. That building good character, that foundation of good character is way more important than knowing lots of dates and figures and events and things that happen. Absolutely. Uh, as homeschoolers, we're building adults. So we're, we're not necessarily getting them our goal is not necessarily getting them into college. I mean, college might not be the place they need to go. Uh, increasingly, college shouldn't be the goal. Um, they can get some real skills. I mean, we need more plumbers. We need more, we need builders to build our homes. We need people mm -hmm. that do those hands-on things. And guess what, people? They pay just as well. Sometimes better than or more educated. Yeah. Um, so we need to be realistic. What is the end goal here? You want to have a functioning adult, someone who can leave the home, not live in your basement, and, and uh, be able to, to marry and have their own children if that's where God's directing them. Maybe they're going to college, maybe they're not. Um, you, you know, the, the functioning independent adult, that's what we want to look at. So when you're looking at your six-year-old, you need to also start considering that from the beginning that six-year-old can help around the house so it shouldn't be just on, on mom to clean the home um, if they're bouncing around a lot they can bounce while they're wiping windows that's that's something that they can do um, they don't need to sit to do school they can stand to do school um, if they need to bounce they might need a break um, a lot of our children who are diagnosed with ADHD, I think they just need to move more. It, they, it could be a real diagnosis. It, it might not. A lot of our kids are being medicated who don't need to be medicated. Um, and in schools, you see these big gigantic rubber bands that they put on the chairs so the kids can push on. They're still required to sit or they have a special seat that they they're, sit on. It helps give them some vestibular movement but they're still required to sit. You can do that at home too. Those things are available on Amazon. Or you could just get a physio ball and let them sit on the ball. Um, you can give them multiple breaks throughout the day. Um, you can begin with movement. Yeah, there's, there's Go Noodle. That's a fun thing that you can find on YouTube. They have the movement. I'd be careful. Some of them have mistakes. Um, um, yoga in it so I mean, be careful of what you choose um, but I mean there, there's movement that you can in incorporate throughout your day and guess what PE yeah. <laughs> and, and so you've taken care of a couple things already that are required by this lovely state and um, and incorporate a lot of um, field trips uh, we we did tons and tons of field trips. My my middle daughter, like I like to talk about, she was very social. So I didn't know what to do as a new homeschooler in North Carolina. So I found homeschool groups to go on field trips with. And we started just, that was our history back then because I didn't know what to do. I didn't have money for curriculum. And... Um, Facebook was not a thing. I think I established that already. 
and finding groups was a little bit more difficult. So we went off with, we, I called them the, the dress ladies. They, they were people that wore dresses and they were playing and, and we, we found dresses to try to, to mix in <laughs> and went with them on field trips and it was lovely. And the girls got to meet other homeschoolers and then they realized that they weren't the only ones. Um, that's pretty, <laughs> they thought they were, we thought we were a little weird. Um, thankfully, homeschooling is a lot more mainstream now and it's easier to find groups, um, maybe a little hard right now during COVID world. But I mean, we're starting to get out and be around, especially with the nicer weather. So you're going to find social groups, uh, PE, there's um, groups that do drama. It is a little harder, and I did want to talk about socialization if you wanted to. Go ahead, go ahead. It, it can be a little bit harder if you have a child with special needs. Uh, one of the things that I found um, was difficult was my girls were not at the same level academically with their same age peer groups. And that made co-op very difficult to go to because we're wherever the teenagers were they were doing the calculus they were doing the biology they were doing those high academic things um and when my older girls were going up through there wasn't any other co-ops around um, especially with special needs and then if i did meet homeschooling special needs it was a different kind of special needs. There were a lot more physical things. There were a lot more intellectual disability things going there. And so it was, it was hard to find our niche. We did find that when we moved to Pennsylvania, thankfully. Um, so that was, that was really nice to, to find that social um, need that we had when we came up here. But that can be a little bit different. And so when a, a special needs mama talks about what about socialization, it's a completely different question for her when she's exploring homeschooling because she is looking for that, well, my child with autism doesn't know how to interact with your neurotypical children and how to talk. So she need, they need conversation practice. What I did was I would go to the uh, gentler, kinder kids my daughter's age and say, hey, you know, my daughter like, would like to know how to do a conversation. Can you talk with her? And I would start the conversation. And at home, we would practice. And what I would do with her is we would do worst case, best case scenarios and i was pretty harsh with my daughter because i've seen growing up in the 80s i've seen some pretty harsh experiences with special needs so we i would i would make fun of her as a like, what if the kid said this and this and this to you how would you react because they're going to need to know how to react to people who have no concept of kindness some people who because you can't see the disability they can be pretty mean 
um, and she's worked at Hershey Park now, so she understands completely um, <laughs> about how cruel people can be and how impatient folks can be when you are slower of speech. Um, and so she's, she's learned now how to handle those people because she's been called stupid. She's been called retard. She's been called those things that are very mean and cruel. And she's been taught, thankfully, how to react without reacting as some folks with autism might react. Um, and, uh, you know, once they get to a certain age, mom and dad are not always there and we want to avoid jail time. Yeah, so that, I mean, that's a hard thing for a mom, especially if you're trying to create a safe place, you know, for your child, not wanting to be the person who helps them practice those situations. However, if, if you want them to be able to engage others and navigate through life, you're, you have to, to do those hard things. Like, it would be really hard to, um, I don't know, to, to, to do some of that training at home, I would think, because you don't kind of, yeah, I don't know, you want to avoid the, the bad or whatever, you know, but it's, it's preparing them, that's part of preparing them for their life skills. And that would be, I could see that that would be really challenging. I mean, I guess we all have to do that because if there's mean people, there's bullies everywhere. Yeah. For, for everybody to handle it graciously, yeah. you know. Yeah, even reacting with a police officer. Um, now she drives a car. Um, so what, what happens if you're pulled over by the police officer? You can't freak out. They'll think you're on drugs. <laughs> you know? So it's just like, okay, you can breathe. You can, and I said, if you feel comfortable, you can say, I'm on the spectrum. Because she was in a car accident recently. And I was like, you can tell them, look. I'm feeling a little escalated and I'm, I'm on the spectrum. She handled herself absolutely beautifully. I didn't need to do all of that stuff, but I was like, you know, just in case, you know, worst case scenario, if you're in a car and you have an accident, what are you going to do? Because they're going to say what happened and they're going to question you and it's going to, and a person with autism feels stress at a much higher level than other people, the neurotypical people, you know, they, it can get really fast. It can get escalated really fast with the person with autism. So they, we need to teach our children on the spectrum, particularly how to de-escalate, how to calm yourself. What are things that you need to do to, to get yourself under control so you can handle high stress situations? Because that cortisol is right up there. Um, so she handled herself wonderfully. She spoke to the, to the um, police officer. She took care of my mother who, you know, 80, I think she was 87 at the time, you know, and, and just was navigating is like, okay, she needs to be seen. I'm okay. My body's, I'm, I'm all right. You know, the car's destroyed, but <laughs> yeah. yeah. And just going through all of that made me feel much better about the, the, the time that we took to say, okay, worst case, best case, how do you handle people in authority? You know, and you can speak up for yourself, but you got to modulate your voice in such a way that you're still showing respect. You know, you, you don't get disrespectful with the police officer. 
um, you you show them your you know you show them your license or whatever. Um, you speak to the doctor. You know when when they turn fourteen. Can we talk about fourteen? Mom and dad, when your child turns fourteen, the doctor will want to separate your kid from you to talk to them about sex. Yeah. So yeah. if you have a child with special needs, it's going to happen. I mean, they, they don't care. Um, they'll lock you suddenly out of their, their medical records. This happened to me twice. Uh, it didn't happen with Cecily, but because I guess it's recent, but, um, prepare your children to be able to talk to the doctor about how, how you want to be treated and how you want your mom and dad there with you to help you navigate, navigate that because they're going to, they're going to do it. It's going to happen. So there's so much that we got to prepare our children for. Um, if your child is lower on the spectrum, lower functioning, um, you can go ahead and have that done for, for them before you even have to deal with it. But if they're higher functioning, um, and I don't mean to, hurt anybody's feelings i'm just being very clinical and blunt here uh, but if they're higher functioning and you think that they're going to one day be able to live on their own this is what i'm talking about make sure that you're preparing your children for the eventuality of being questioned about their sexual orientation or their interactions with illegal illicit drugs um, and they're, they're going to want to know about their, if they're promiscuous or not. And they will want to try to separate mom from the, mom and dad from that situation because they feel as though the child will speak more freely with them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. So all this, I mean, today's episode, what we're talking about really is, is kind of don't worry about the academics, right? Just... <laughs> I, I, as a parent, really, like, I mean, we really want to make sure that we're preparing our children for how to live and how to function. And that just needs to be the first thing, you know? Uh, and, and, you know, we, I think it goes for all parents, but, you know, when you have a child with special needs, it seems to be more explicit. You have to be more, much more intentional in in that situation because um it just comes at you you know mm -hmm. people will will people will question your um, abilities much more openly and in your face for homeschooling if you have a child with special needs um autism intellectual disability down syndrome any of those things um because they feel as though the experts should be the ones that handle that, then, you know, I went to school for this, you, you know, it, and it, we have been conditioned as Americans that it's the experts that take care of those things. I mean, I wouldn't go to you for my cancer, <laughs> you know, um, and we, we have been conditioned to send our children at, in a church off with the youth pastor that not, they, they're not necessarily the best people to send them to, honestly, anymore. Mm -hmm. And so we need to be much more aware. Uh, we need to be much more versed in our Bibles for our children's um, upbringing and growth 
intellectually and spiritually. Uh, we can't impart to is my favorite quote from Heidi St. John. I got to do it. Uh, we can't impart to our children things that we don't already own. Now, I've, I've Denisified it, so it's not a direct quote, but. <laughs> well, she quotes it off of, out of Luke. And I can't remember the chapter and verse, but it's like when a child, when it is full grown, it will be like its teacher. Correct. And that's in yeah. And that's what she's quoting it from. Yeah. And yeah. so we can't give them what we don't already own. So mom and dad, whatever you do, um, be in your Bible, be about the Lord's business. And if you're homeschooling, you're about the Lord's business because this mm -hmm. is our first ministry. I don't mm -hmm. care what else you do. I don't care if you have a job outside the home. I don't care if you're in youth ministry. I don't care if you're a pastor. I don't, I don't care. Your first ministry is at home. So we need to, to be about the Lord's business and growing up our children. This is what's happening. Slowly but surely, our, our society is being infected with all kinds of, of heresies that are coming at us. And it's so, you can see it now. It's, it, you know, the blinders have been torn off. We can see the evil now. They're not even hiding. So what we need to do is we need to gird up ourselves. If that means you have to get up a half an hour earlier in the morning, do it. It's worth it. Your body will get used to it. It's miserable. I know. I get it. <laughs> but you will eventually get used to it, and it'll be better, and it'll be precious. And then those babies will see you in your Bible, and they'll like, wow, that mom and dad really believe that stuff. And if you're doing Bible again with them, I had to. I had to turn off all mm -hmm. electronics when my kids, kids were small, and I put on a Christian radio. I had to fill my entire house with it. So I would be focused. It wasn't for them. I mean, they benefited, but I needed it. I had mm -hmm. to keep fulfilling myself. I had to keep pulling, mm -hmm. pouring into myself so I could pour out because I was just pouring out daily. And that's what we mm -hmm. do. So get your refreshment. I listen to about three or four podcasts every day just to keep pouring in. I'm, I'm starting to read all kinds of different books. I'm, that is something that we need to do just to keep keep going and keeping going and keeping going and get around like-minded people mm -hmm. so if that means calling a ho another homeschooler hanging out meeting at the the park during the day whatever that is something that that will benefit you and, and your kids in the long run because they'll develop those relationships that those social emotional tools will come in the playground and uh, sometimes you just have to put academics aside yeah yeah um okay this it's like almost two i can't oh, believe wow. it so we have there's two more things i want to, well we did start at 117 because of our technical yeah. difficulties so it's really just a little over half an hour but i will i want to wrap it up we did talk about socialization and homeschool on the road Let's touch on the last two things I have here. There's finding services for homeschooling. Now, I know we did not focus on academics a lot today, but if you wanted help with academics or service or some other type of services um, for your struggling learner, what, I mean, how do the people go about that? What, what does that look like? Is, is there anything available out there for homeschoolers? What's, 
what there is there is uh in the private industry in your insurance uh unfortunately academics it would not be covered by insurance so if you are looking for academic help with your with your learner, you could look towards your homeschool co-ops for tutors. Um, I had a, a great young man come over and he helped Cecily with her algebra. Um, and, and it was just wonderful. I think she baked him cookies or something. I don't remember. Um, <laughs> um, and, uh, but when I talk about services, I mean more of the, um, more of occupational therapy, speech therapy, uh, physical mm -hmm. therapy, behavioral therapies. All of those things can be found through your private insurance. So you'd have to check with your insurance for providers. Um, behavioral therapies are, are a little bit harder to get um, because there's not too many practitioners out there. Um, I know my company that I work for, they have a stack of, of kids just waiting for a practitioner. Um, and I'm offered at least monthly a couple kids. And I was like, I already have 11. I don't want any more. Uh, it's, it's just too much. So, you know, look at those things. Now, if you need help with behavioral therapies, um, you're probably a parent who's dealing with a kid who's having major meltdowns, who's throwing furniture, who's destroying your house. I mean, these are the kind of behaviors that I'm talking about. Physical therapy is, is just like a mobility thing. And your doctors will generally be the first ones who will mention it. Uh, occupational therapy, if, if your kid has been in the public system and they've already had those services. Now, I know that there is some legislation going through right now um, that are talking about us being able to access the public uh, schools for those things. I would investigate that and make sure that that's not just academics, because I, I don't know. It could be just academics. I would, I would be much more interested in it if it involved the therapy than I would the academics. Because uh, honestly, homeschooling world, we have all of the academic stuff. You don't have to worry about that. Um, sports, maybe. Um, I didn't get involved in sports, so I don't know anything about it. But, but the therapy. I saw, I saw a quote about that, that a law that, that they're trying to get in there. And that, well, between doing uh, you know, band and stuff like that and coming in and doing your allowable classes, you might spend a whole day in, in the school. And I was like, ah, <laughs> I was like, no, no. Yeah. Uh, I'm interested in not what I'm looking for. It's a more of a chance to indoctrinate your child and actually start dictating yeah. more of what they want us to teach. So I'm not interested in, in the public squares, education academics at all um i know some that, uh, financially are interested in that um but i still say you can find things for free I, i'm just yeah just like that yeah that's free options out there check your insurance check your insurance for for therapies and and, and whatnot they're available okay. it's harder once they get school age though it really is yeah Okay. All right. So then the last thing we're going to wrap up, it's two of two. <laughs> it's 158. 
So post-graduation, do you, you know, like you said, with your, your daughter, you didn't graduate until she was 21. I mean, mm -hmm. you, you took as long as you felt was absolutely necessary to prepare her properly. So mom, it's, it's okay. Don't get stuck on the, you know, it's got to be by 18 kind of thing. Just, you know, you do what your child needs. So you've taken the time, you've, you've done the training, you've done the preparation, you get to the point where, okay, I think graduation we can do this graduation thing then what well um then you want to look at location sometimes you need to uh, look at whether or not you want the child to to find employment or go into school on their own now does your child need supports at school and are they planning to go to school uh, so my daughter wanted to go to hack and they had a special program, but she had not been diagnosed since she was six. So guess, believe this or not, a diagnosis of autism needs to be reevaluated every six months. So what we had to do was we had to go through the entire process, have her re-diagnosed um, so she could get services and that was educational supports uh, differentiating cur uh, curriculum that's tweaking the curriculum to help your child learn mm -hmm. um, yeah. and uh, you know extended time periods for some of her academics uh, colleges a lot of them will support someone with uh, intellectual disability or autism or some side of, of other diagnosis um, but you really do need to have that diagnosis current. It was a circus and a circle, and it, we started with intellectual disability because the autism side was full and there was a huge waiting list. So we said, you know what, we'll have, we'll have them um, look at her to see if she has intellectual disability. We'll have that crossed off, but we're in the system. So we had to learn how to work the system to get where we needed to go it took us i would say it took us a good year to get through all of that so we could get her into ovr which is pennsylvania specific as uh, occupational vocational rehabilitation um and that was just to get the supports so she could get some help in school Mm -hmm. Then we also used it for uh, therapeutic learning how to drive a car. And okay. they can, OVR can also help you find a job um, to varying degrees of success, not success. Um, mm -hmm. Cecily finally landed her job and car using private ways of doing that good. Uh, <laughs> she got her driver's license using Shield Driving School private. Uh, paid for through her own money and she landed her job she works at giant grocery store and um, she got that on her own as well yeah and she didn't she didn't advertise that she was on the spectrum she just got it of her own cognizance good good for her that's great so so the options are out there but they might not be as readily as available as you would want them to be and they actually might even not help you that much 
there, there's better to, you gotta weigh your options and see, yeah. you know, how, how special is my child? I mean, th those are some of the things like, does my child really need these supports or are these supports, are they going to benefit my child? And really think about that critically because we want the best for our child. Uh, mm -hmm. Currently my daughter has supports and I'm looking at it going, they really haven't done much. Uh, we did a lot of the work already. I mean, she has a lot of the skills that we embedded already, you know, so is this really worth it? Mm -hmm. So think about that very, very critically mm -hmm. and wonder is like, okay, is my child, once they graduate, are they going to be able to live on their own? If not, then you're going to have to think about group home. Group homes are, again, double-edged sword. Is the child going to stay with family? And are you sure about that? Because our children will end up with our children, if, you, if that makes sense. Um, will their spouse and their children's children be acceptable of that sibling? So some of our individuals will need a lot of care as they get older. Now, my brother is on the spectrum. He is intellectually disabled. His intellect lands him about a three-year-old mentality. He is in a group home. I don't think we could bring him home. His behaviors are such that I don't think he could function well here. And honestly, I don't think we could handle it. So we have to think about those things as well. And it, it's hard because it makes you want to cry. And th those are things that we, when we are dealing with our children, that's when we think about what we need to work with it within the system and how we are going to handle the future. Those are the things that we really need to think about as we're bringing up our children with disabilities. What are those disabilities? Where does this land a child? be realistic and honest with yourself. Will they be able to live on their own without me? Because one day I'm not going to be around and my daughters, my other daughters won't be around. Who's going to be there for the child, for my brother? Who's going to be there for him? Once all those other factors, mom and dad are gone and the sisters are gone that there's where we have to leave that mm -hmm. and yeah that's pretty heavy i didn't mean to end it <laughs> <laughs> well it is something to consider you know obviously there's there's all these these things to think of and pray over and 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 god brought you together as a family mm -hmm. god God has a plan. I'm not saying I understand it. I'm not saying there's, there's parts inside of me that, you know, I don't agree, but it's, it's the way God has his plan working out and God is, he's perfect. He's good. He, his plan is perfect. And when you, like you said earlier, when you spend that time filling yourself with his word 
and building your relationship with him and your trust in him. You just keep looking to him for the answers, for the guidance, for the endurance, for the help. Um, and it's that close relationship with him that's going to help you endure all that needs to be endured and, and to pour into your children all that needs to be poured in. So I think if that foundation's not there, oh my, I mean, yeah, it would be, it's devastating without without that relationship with with Christ first. Um, so yeah, and and, and honestly, it are, all these things are things we need to think about, you know, the interactions with the kids in the playground, the, how you're going to respond, and what's going to happen to you as you grow up, and, and it might, it's not all going to be sunshine and roses, but it is stuff that needs our time, and I think in our society, we don't take time, we don't take time to process, we don't take time to think, consider, um, we, we take time to plan fun things <laughs> for the next whatever, but um, to take time to mull over those things that might not be sunshine and roses, I don't know that we do that a lot. I could be wrong, but um, I think Denise is frozen. <laughs> she hasn't moved for a while. <laughs> So um, I'm very glad that you came on with me today, Denise. I don't know if you're frozen where you are, but you're frozen where I am. So um, Denise and I just talked today about special needs and helping our children. And honestly, mamas out there, first of all, work on your relationship with Jesus. Second of all, bring your children into that. And more important than your academics is teaching your child good life skills and how to function as an adult. And you have to evaluate that for your child and where your child is at. Um, a lot of ADD things, ADHD things, consider movement, kinesthetic learning, not paperwork, you know, things that get your child moving. You could see the ADD disappear if your child is able to move and, and be free in that way. That could be huge. So I just want to encourage you, mamas, there, there is support out there. Um, there are people who want to help you. And your family uh, is what God designed it to be. So trust him in that. Search through his word nonstop. Keep it in your heart. Keep your eyes focused on him and seek him for help. Um, we had an episode a few weeks back. If you missed it, you might want to listen to that and uh, get some help and tips there. Denise, I was very glad that you were on. You're still frozen. So I'm just going to say thank you. And um, a few quick reminders of the announcements from the beginning of the show. Um, Woodcrest Children's Program is still open. You'll just have to go and sign your kids up the day of on site with Woodcrest, not through chat. Uh, Spruce Lake. Please come to Spruce Lake this weekend. We would love to see you there. There's lots of space open there. And there's a big, huge detour for Woodcrest on the 14th and 15th. Exit 322 off of 222 is going to be closed. You're going to be getting off at 772 and taking a nine-mile detour. So make sure you have yourself lots of extra time when you come to Woodcrest. Can't wait to see you guys. Um, I'll be going live, no doubt, from Spruce Lake. And I hope to see you all. Uh, there and have a great 